0: The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public non-profit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield.
1: Friends, as we prepare to celebrate the birth of Christ, we encourage you to join us to focus on the true meaning of the season and the joy it brings. And so we thought it would be helpful to replay the following show entitled Count It All Joy from the Struggle series that originally aired earlier in 2022. Its focus is about true joy, not circumstantial happiness. Our prayer is that it is a blessing to you and your family.
2: The intersection of
0: our faith and the world is a battlefield, strewn with debris of a fallen world
2: that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are
0: lost and struggling. That
2: In preparation for this show, I did some research. I read the dictionary definition of joy, and I didn't like it, and it basically emphasized happiness. And that's definitely a worldly view, so I kept looking. And in my search, I found a website for an organization called Compassion International, and their website explains their mission as releasing children from poverty by compassion in Jesus' name. And their website also said this, The true definition of joy goes beyond the limited explanation presented in a dictionary, that being a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. True joy is a limitless, life-defining, transformative reservoir waiting to be tapped into. It requires the utmost surrender and, like love, is a choice to be made. This explanation really resonated with me, and today, Christy and I are going to discuss this further. As always, I'm joined by, and so grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelow.
1: Hello, everyone.
2: Friends, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and the opportunity that we have to come together in fellowship, to hear your word, and to ask that that word find fertile soil We pray for our listeners, and so we just ask you to have your way in the show. We love you, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So today we're talking about joy, not circumstantial happiness, but lasting joy. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, say, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. Amen. Christie, Joy, how do you define joy?
1: I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs> well, it kind of makes the
2: show uh, more interesting.
1: Um, you know, I think it's, in a way, it's it, it deserves some very careful thought in defining joy because otherwise um, it could be, I guess, of the world. Um, it, to me, it's it's... It's all of these words that you, uh, as you were going through, I noted down some of these words. It it goes beyond. It's limitless. Uh, it's it's in a place of utmost surrender. Um, choice. It is uh, rejoicing always. It is gentleness always in every situation. It's, uh, in every situation, it's peace. Transcends all understanding and it's praise. So it it's it's a bit hard for me to define because it is a feeling, but it, it, I do know it all it encapsulates all these words that you just shared.
2: Yeah. Um that's fair enough. It is it is hard. I think first and foremost what's important to do is separate joy from happiness. Yeah. We're told as Christians we're going to carry a cross. So when we don't have quote happiness We shouldn't be surprised, and if you remember through the Struggle series, one of the scriptures said, do not consider it strange when you uh, endure all these different struggles. Right. So, it's not happiness. Now, the world tries to make you think that happiness and joy are the same, and that way when you're not happy, you'll blame God. And that way when you're not happy, you will say, well, my God doesn't work, Uh, this, this doesn't really... Help me here on this earth, and that's a huge mistake, because happiness is transient and circumstantial, and joy, as the that quote implied, is this well, this reservoir.
1: Yeah, I heard that word too, and that that struck me—a reservoir that is so full, to overflowing. I think about when you you talk about your heart is overflowing. That I think that's where I find the feeling in in the surrender and in the praise, even in the, the, the wake of a crisis.
2: Yeah. So uh, as often happens, this morning I had quiet time, and in preparing for the show, God spoke to me. And he spoke to me through a book that I haven't picked up in uh, a couple weeks and randomly decided to pick up today. And it's that St. Philaret, Sermons on the Spiritual Life, which I absolutely love. And he uses a quote from Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, when he says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it might be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. And the rest of this sermon by St. Philaret talks about our heavenly citizenship. He basically makes the argument that if you were on a car trip, so imagine as a little kid you're on a car trip and you're going somewhere that's just so exciting. Maybe you're just going to go stay in a hotel somewhere, and you remember how you'd be so excited about that.
1: Yeah, I remember a trip we took all the way up to Yellowstone National Park with a stop in the mountains, and we were so excited to get there. And I can imagine, you know, we were saying, when are we going to get there, Daddy? (laughs) Okay.
2: So if you think about how excited you were, think of that trip as our journey on Earth. Yeah. And how bizarre would it be to pull over on the side of the road and... You set up a tent and you decide you're going to stay there. Imagine how disappointed the kids would be. And not only do you decide that you're going to stay there on the side of the road in that tent, but now you spend all of your time embellishing that tent. And eventually you make it a permanent structure and you commit all of your resources to it. And everybody's just looking at you going, dude, what about the journey?
1: Yeah, I thought we were going to Yellowstone Park. And And why are we here? Yeah,
2: and so what St. Philaret is saying in this amazing sermon is we are travelers. We're pilgrims. We're on a journey through this earth. We're not meant to make it a place of permanence. We must keep our eye on our citizenship in heaven. And here's why I bring that up in relation to joy, because our joy is in the fact that we are going on this amazing journey to heaven. Yeah, And it's been marked out for us it's been explained to us and don't we just want to gather up as many people as we can and say no don't go in the woods over there don't don't spend all your time on the side of the road here we're we're going to this amazing place come with
1: us i think the challenge though is our humanness comes into that and we we don't really grasp the joy that is found in in christ in heaven and so we're going to grasp that which feels most comfortable at that moment.
2: And which we see.
1: And yes. Yeah, because the
2: journey seems far off. The destination seems far off, rather. Right. But this is what St. Philaret, this is how he responded to that. He said, our citizenship is in heaven. Uh, In this apostolic utterance, I give you, children of the church, militant, so Christian warriors, a weapon— against many who battle you on this earth. So this is, in fact, our weapon. The fact that our citizenship is in heaven is our weapon, and this is how he explains it. Does sorrow burden you over the health of your beloved? Say to yourself, our citizenship is in heaven. Mm. Are you tempted by love for earthly things and a desire for monetary gain? Remind yourself, our
1: Our citizenship. citizenship
2: is in heaven. Are you subjected to ridicule? Have you lost your property, honor, or reward? Tell yourself, our citizenship is in heaven. Mm -hmm. So what I'm uh, offering is the joy of being citizens of heaven, of having an absolutely trustworthy Father who has prepared this place, gives this uh, very difficult walk on earth joy. Because we're on this amazing journey. We're going to this incredible place. I'm going to keep my eyes focused on that place. And it's kind of like Pastor Ron said about Bucky's. We're not meant to stay here. (laughs) We're just getting gas and beef jerky and going to the restroom, and then we're going to be back on our way again. Right. So I would offer that joy is a resting place and a weapon, as St. Philaret says.
1: Well, and back to the choice aspect, we we do that in many cases very well with, well, my ciz- citizenship is um, an American. I live in the United States, and so we have much pride for that. Why can not we not apply that same sort of choice to our citizenship being in heaven?
2: That's a really brilliant point. So we understand patriotism. We right. know how that feels. And as Christians— It should not be a nebulous concept as Americans.
1: Because we know how to do it. It's it's a choice. We can apply it elsewhere.
2: I will revere all things American. Yeah. And I will stand firm in my being an American and in my citizenship. And I gave most of my life to defending this country. Yeah, you did. And so, friends, as we think about the citizenship that we have in heaven, uh, adopted into the family of God by Christ— Can we not find absolute joy in that? And when we endure all sorts of trials, will we not remind ourselves our citizenship is in heaven? So uh, thank you, God, for that absolutely brilliant uh, sermon that he brought to me this morning and that amazing vision. And I hope you stay with us. We're going to talk about this more in the next segment. In
0: In a flash, I look back to see the momentary cause of the whiplash.
1: Hello everyone. This is Christy Mendelo. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelo's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. What a friend we
0: have in Jesus.
2: Friends, welcome back. We are talking about joy. After our series on struggle, which Christy helped me remember, it was actually nine episodes, not eight. I just wanted to bring back the whole point of it all, which is the joy that we have in Christ. So... My contention is, over the last few weeks, we talked about struggling, and we said that struggle leads to growth and to a closer relationship with Jesus, and joy is the product of that relationship. And our hope in talking about this is to deepen our understanding of the difference between the lasting joy we derive in the love of Christ and the certainty of our faith from the transient happiness that the world pursues so superficially and with such fleeting results. And ultimately, the reason why this is so important is because I believe that a deeper understanding of the difference between joy and happiness will better equip us to weather life's temporary ups and downs. So as Christian warriors, that's very important because we can't allow ourselves to be tossed about by the world. So there's a lot that Marines do in their training and their preparation, To create resilience, physical resilience, emotional, mental resilience, uh, and to be prepared for the things of the enemy. And so as we understand the distinction between joy and happiness, I'm hoping that we too will have more resilience when things come up against us. We'll understand the context, which is that it's not a permanent place. And you had uh, a devotional from today also.
1: I did, and the the thing I'm continuing to try to do is maybe even for myself, but for the listeners, is uh, get that understanding as you you were just talking about. And so I thought, okay, well, interestingly enough, and I'm going to see if this works and I can put it together. But there are devotional today in the Billy Graham Hope for Each Day Devotional May 25th, actually, Victory Over Sin. It says in here. um, but as Christians, we don't have to live defeated life. God wants us to live victorious lives. And so if maybe someone out there kind of gets victory in Christ, maybe they don't understand the joy, but think about victory. When you are victorious, does that not bring about joy, like different than happiness? And so when we are victorious in Christ, there is joy. Does
2: yeah, that make uh, sense? You get where I'm going <laughs> Yes, absolutely, and what I would uh, point out is we often say you can win the battle and lose the war, Mm. and by the same time, you could lose the battle and win the war, and so when we remind ourselves as Christians that we win this war, and furthermore, the battle is not might makes right. That's the world's deal. The battle as Christians is that right makes might. Mm. And so how do we actually win that battle? Do we win that battle by beating life's tiny struggles into submission? Or do we win that battle as we weather all of the storms with a certain detachment, remembering that we've won this war?
1: Well, it's interesting. It then brings me to this question. Isn't it true that we can have joy but not be happy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think uh, in a lot of our struggle, as we meet struggle, there, uh, there is the attachment and the detachment concept, which you've helped me understand better. And as we attach ourselves to the Father, to Jesus, to what it means to be a Christian, we can be detached from circumstances. Right, And so I'm not going to be defined by this set of circumstances, because then all the enemy does is keep throwing different little circumstances at you. And all you ever do is it's like whack-a-mole, where you're, <laughs> you're trying to bop all these little dudes down. It
1: never works. Okay,
2: so if you think about the journey, citizens right. of heaven, I'm going from here to somewhere amazing. Well, if I stop on the road to, pe- to play whack-a-mole for 50 or 60 or 70 years, <laughs> yeah. as I'm trying to improve my tent... And make it this awesome place, which, by the way, I can't take with me. Right Now, what happens in the grand scheme of that journey? All the passers-by on the, on the freeway behind me, I'm not there. And all the people that I could help out of the woods and onto that—not uh, a freeway, actually, a narrow road— I miss out on that entire opportunity, and that's the opportunity that's lasting. That's the opportunity in which there's joy as a victor as we walk each other home.
1: Well, and the main thing I hear there is you're taking your eyes off Christ. You're putting your eyes on whack-a-mole.
2: That's that's absolutely true. And so why can it be so difficult to be joyful in this world? I'm going to oppose these different uh, thoughts, and then we're going to answer them in the next segment. Yeah, got it. Because we got to be real with this. Yeah. So, friends, why can it be so difficult to be joyful? Number one, we face a determined enemy. Number two, the enemy's a liar. Number three, the enemy misleads us into thinking that temporary happiness is joy. And there's a reason why he does this, because then when we don't have happiness, we think we don't have joy, and then we think God has failed us and that this whole God thing really doesn't work And I got to do what I can see. I've got to play (laughs) whack-a-mole. The next one, the enemy wants us to focus on ourselves. And this is a very big deal because Scripture says we are built for works of service. And when we focus on ourselves, guess what? Our troubles look bigger. Yeah. And that's the opposite. And what we're going to hear throughout the show is that what the world says and what God says aren't just... A little different. They're 180 degrees out, all right? And there's no accident there. The next thing the enemy does is uses our past to influence our future. Mm. Oh yeah. The enemy says, "You're not worthy to be a citizen of heaven. Look at all this this stuff you've done."
1: Oh boy, he does. Yeah.
2: And if we accept that, then we've forgotten the redemption that we have in Jesus, who clothes us in white robes. And you know, I love that uh, scripture from Isaiah chapter 1, I think verse 19. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Yes. Well, Jesus did that. And here we are, worthy travelers on this narrow road as citizens of heaven. Right. And I don't plan to stop here. Yeah. Except maybe to pick up one or two people or three or four people who I could maybe help walk home. Right. Um. Next, and this is a big one, our flesh and our spirit can be at odds. So our flesh wants the world. Yeah. It wants that good next meal. It wants that uh, greed, the materialism. Comfort. Comfort, and and that's a huge thing. Right. Uh, It wants uh, lustful things. And all of those things are about this place where we are right now. So our flesh wants us to stop at Bucky's, and get all the candy. Yeah, And our spirit says, no, I'm a citizen of heaven, and I don't plan on renouncing my heavenly citizenship to stay here and have a heart attack at this, uh, I don't know, I was trying to think of somewhere that would have food that would give you a heart attack. (laughs) But then I thought that would be unfair, since those are mostly the places I like to go to. And I didn't want to to demean any of the places that I like, because I do like beef ribs and some stuff like that. But anyway, I I got a little side. You tried. digress. I digress. So our flesh and our spirit can be at odds. And now, friends, I think this last one is a very big one. Life is filled with uncertainty. And uncertainty is painful for beings which understand their mortality. So animals don't understand their mortality. They are, in the moment, happy if you've ever seen a golden retriever, um, <laughs> awesome. they're just right there because yeah. that golden retriever is not thinking about its mortality. But for us, as spiritual beings, vice just animals, we do consider our mortality. And so uncertainty is a plague with which we must live. And so I think that causes us sometimes to focus on the things we see because there's certainty in the things we see. I see that it's a door.
1: Well, I as think opposed
2: ab- to some of the unseen things.
1: I think about the journey, and as we're traveling to wherever wherever it is, but ultimately to um, our heavenly home, and we pull off at that Bucky's, and our car gets broken into, and all of a sudden the trip is ruined, our day is awful, we're angry at the world, and those are uncertainty. You know, we don't want to have to deal with the shattered glass and all of Circumstantial. Right. Yeah. But if we count it all joy, and I'm not saying it's good that your car got broken into, but if we let that take away our opportunity to praise God for all he's done and know that he will take care of us and get us back on the road to home, then we can carry with us that joy.
2: Absolutely. And that brings up the very last point. Thank you for that awesome handoff. The very last point is the immediate, the temporal versus the eternal. Right. And uh, our guest next week is going to, uh, you'll be really happy to have him back on the show, Jacob Thompson. And what he said last year as one of our courageous Christians is he said, life is but a vapor. Yeah. Yeah. And then he used the word tarry in a sentence. He said, don't tarry. And that's actually, I teased him about saying tarry because who really says tarry? Apparently
1: he does.
2: (laughs) Well, think about it. If we're talking about stopping on the side of the road and tarrying, well, this whole journey is but a vapor. You do not have time to sit there and improve your tent, uh, which... You'd be like the man who built his house on shifting sands.
1: And didn't he follow it up with, you better get on with it?
2: You better get on with it. <laughs> so uh, that's a big point because in your Bucky story, uh, where your car got broken into, which I doubt would ever happen because it's a very well-lit, beautifully clean and organized place, you would not want to get stuck in that moment, in that immediate set of circumstances, because then you'd miss out on the whole journey. Right. And the amazing destination that has been prepared for us. Right. And I think that's very easy to do because, uh, as I said, uh, in a firefight, the first thing that happens is everything gets hyper focused. Your brain looks at everything with granularity and it's all about this moment right here. Yeah. And so it's hard to stay in the eternal, but that's where we have to stay as Christians because that's where our ultimate victory is. So, friends, stay with us. We're going to talk more in the third segment.
1: They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine, and now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mindelo. Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life.
2: Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mandelow has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She is the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are or a friend or family member is struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Gracious Christianity, and we're talking about joy. In fact, uh, we name each of our shows to help us and to make it better in the podcast when you can see a title. And the title of today's show is Count It All Joy. And it follows on the heels of our nine-episode series on struggle because this is where it leads. It leads to the joy of Christ. And Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 11, verses 27 through 29, All things have been entrusted to me by my Father. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Well, friends, joy is that rest. It's peace regardless of circumstances as we think about eternity with Christ. And it's rest, and it's calm, as Jesus had in the storm. So, when you are seeking that peace and that calm and that rest, it all comes from the reservoir of joy that we have in Christ. And so in the previous segment, we talked about the reasons why it can be hard to be
1: joyful. Right.
2: And I said a whole bunch of things, and in this segment, we're going to look at the answers to those things.
1: Well, if we don't look at that, then we we might not have that full understanding, and and really helping people understand um I think it's a hard thing to grasp. How does joy come from struggle? And we heard it with all of our guests in the struggle series or most of our guests, um, that, that joy did come from that struggle. But if you haven't been through it and experienced yourself and you're just hearing it, it might be kind of what I talk about that hype and hope thing. yeah, right. I get it.
2: This is what came to me as you were speaking. So friends, I had an amazing father. He worked incredibly hard. He was a doctor in Houston, and he cared for people everywhere. And he was coming and going all hours of the night to the emergency room to go and care for people. And at the same time, he was a very engaged father to me. And so whatever kind of day I had, all the way up until he passed in 2018, uh, in the Marines, and... uh, In high school and in college, whatever I endured, uh, let's say I got bullied in high school, I knew that I would go home at the end of the day and see my dad. Yeah. And we would chat, and he would say something encouraging, and then that would be that. And so we have that opportunity in Christ. If we stay focused on the amazing, faithful um unconditional love we have, the forgiving love that says, hey, I know you may have messed this up, and I know maybe you've messed it up before, but I love you, and I'm going to help you, and we're going to do better tomorrow. And so that's the joy we can have during the day as we weather all of these circumstances, and the day is obviously a metaphor for the journey on earth, as we weather all of these things, knowing that at its end, we will be at home.
1: Back to that Uh, devotional that I was talking about earlier, again, talking about victory, there is only one way to have victory. That is to walk so closely with Christ. It becomes the exception rather than the rule. And I thought that was interesting, especially given that story you just talked about. The, the, you, you are in the, in the secular world, we're, we're walking along and thinking you know, I've been bullied, my 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 day is ruined. But the, the exception is you go home and your father has um, right. made it all right. And so if we live with the exception, rather than what the secular world is doing to us, then we can have that victory, then we can have that joy.
2: Yeah, because the exception becomes the permanent. And so what we know is that the closer we are to Jesus, the further we are from the world. Right. And if you allow the world to drag you close to them, now it's a big mess, right. and so a healthy distance. And what we're implying there is, as we said, we face a determined enemy. And when you accept Christ into your life, you're becoming a Christian warrior. It's like you've just enlisted in the Marine Corps. And so he's going to be coming after you. But here's the thing. Jesus beat him. Yeah. He overcame sin. He overcame death. The devil has nothing on you. You are victorious in Christ, redeemed, restored by his blood. Trust God. Trust in him. Trust in that. Trust that he will receive you home to him. And basically, he knows it's hard here on earth. He knows that there are lots of pitfalls. We don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over. We want to uh, allow Jesus to come in and change us, and that will change our responses to things.
1: Take us back to choice, and we talked about patriotism. Well, we know victory. I mean, look at all the people at a sporting event, right? And they're, rah, yay, and you can feel the, really in that situation, the happiness in the victory, but, you know, they win the Super Bowl or what have you. People know that joy they get from winning something, from being victor- victorious, it can right. be the same with our Heavenly Father.
2: Absolutely. Okay, so we face a determined enemy, but not to worry. Jesus beat him. We can trust Jesus. We said the second reason why it was difficult is because the enemy is a liar. He lies about careerism. This will give you happiness. He lies about money. This will give you happiness. About materialism. He lies about beauty. What is beautiful and what is not? What is good? What is right? He lies about everything, and it's very easy to get lost in that. Uh, I used to drive by this uh, real estate development on my way home. It'd be one in the morning. I'm getting home after a, a flight, and I would look at this and I would think, I don't measure up. Here's this guy who's developed this huge neighborhood, and he's going to be very successful. And I felt like I didn't measure up.
1: Well, and how many people have said, um, you know, they wanted all this wealth, and then when they got it, it right. was like it's it wasn't enough.
2: Exactly right. So he's a liar. What does that mean for us? Everything the world tells us is 180 degrees out from what God says, and you will only know this if you read the Bible. So, number one, you can trust God. Number two, you can trust His Word. What's next? The enemy misleads us into thinking that temporary happiness is joy. And this plays into the struggle between our flesh and our spirit, because our flesh always wants what's right here, right now whereas our spirit can, uh, doesn't need immediate gratification. Right. And so there's that clash. How do we deal with it? Well, trust in the lasting value of doing good by the Spirit. You don't need immediate gratification. Trust that valuable things last.
1: I think always looking back, though, too, uh, and looking what God has done for you is helpful. Yeah, when you come re- into a situation like that and you're 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 distraught and and you forget in that moment all the great things he's done for us and yeah, so looking back yeah that was
2: one of the things from kelly halls uh bible study remember remembering true yes so that's a very good, good point. point all right then we said that the enemy wants us to focus on ourselves and i got to tell you something i had an experience this past week just talking to my son And I told him about the fact that as I've gotten older, I find the greatest joy I have is when I focus on others. And I've told before about when I came back from my second uh, combat deployment from Afghanistan, I got in a pretty bad place. And I, I wasn't even praying. And God said to me, concern yourself with the needs of others and your needs will be met. Well, the world tells us it's all about us. Uh, This whole entitlement, all this narcissism that you see out in the world is all about me, 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 me. And that's another one of the ways that we know that the world is 180 degrees out from God, because God says, it's not about you, it's about the good that you can do, and I'm going to repair you and restore you because I want you home with me, but I want you to bring everybody else too. So we experience joy when we focus on others, I've said before, the best thing about me is is serving you. Uh,
1: It's a tool used in fighting depression as well. If you're feeling down, yes, pick up the phone and call somebody and ask how you can help them.
2: Amen. All right. The enemy uses our past to influence our future. That makes it hard. Uh, How does God respond? Well, God forgives our past to empower our future. Uh, This is a crazy story. I once said that if I could be good at golf, I would be good at life. And the reason Hmm. (laughs) is because whatever shot you hit, when you walk to your ball again and you're standing over your ball again, that's a new shot. That's a next shot.
1: A do-over. A Uh, mulligan. No, it's not a mulligan. No, it's not a mulligan.
2: (laughs) But if you think about what you did wrong the past time and then Mm. you let it out of your mind completely and then you just focus on this next shot and life is the same way. If I'm dwelling on on the rearview mirror, as we've said before, as opposed to focusing out the windshield, I'm going to have another crash.
1: Sounds like what you say is do the next right thing.
2: Do the next right thing. And so I had a bad day yesterday. I'm going to go home and I'm going to look in the mirror and I'm going to uh, be honest. I'm going to stand in the glare of the truth. Hey, you were really rude to that person or you were ugly or you were impatient or you drove like a jerk. And I'm going to ask Jesus to help me. I'll be honest. And then Today, I'll focus on doing all of those things better. And I think that's a big deal. Now, here's another big deal. We said that our flesh and our spirit can be at odds because our flesh seeks comfort. How do I defend against that? Well, embrace hardship, allow it, make friends with it, let your spirit rule over your body. It's like being a Marine. Uh, We say, uh, well, I can't say the word that we say because it's not a good word. Uh, but we say embrace the hardship, embrace the difficulty. Right. And I think that's a big deal, because anywhere where you get too comfortable is a place you want to stay, and we're not meant to stay on that in that tent on the side of the road.
1: When I've gone through difficulty before, I said I got promoted, because I just got promoted closer to Christ.
2: Amen. All right. The last part. Life is filled with uncertainty. This is hard. This is painful. And the only certainty that we have is in Jesus Christ. And you can trust that, and you can trust Him. Everything else is temporary. He is faithful and unchanging, and He wants nothing more than to have you home. Stay tuned. We'll talk about it in the final segment.
1: Did you know that about 25 million Christians don't vote consistently? That's about one in three Christians, and that's a staggering and unfortunate amount. Many Christians stay home on election day because they think their vote won't really make a difference, but what if 90 million Christians stood united for Christ? We could have a real influence on our nation. God's Word clearly calls us to bring the influence of our faith into every aspect of our lives. We, here at Courageous Christianity, along with My Faith Votes, want to see Christians boldly standing united for Christ. My Faith Votes is a nonpartisan organization that mobilizes and equips believers to pray unceasingly, think biblically, and vote in every election. Even though the recent elections have passed, now is the time to join with us in My Faith Votes to pray, think, and vote in all future elections. Go to myfaithvotes.org to learn more about voting your faith and to stand united for Christ.
2: Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelo, and that's me. And I'm here with my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. And we're talking about joy. And this came to me this uh, past week. I was on a layover in Las Vegas, and I was walking around with my earbuds in listening to a casting crown song called Healer. And one verse says, We've been trusting in the broken to make us whole. And as I looked around at all of the brokenness in Las Vegas, the homelessness, the greed, the sex, the man-made depravity, these words rang so true. The only certainty in this world is in the righteousness and the truth and the love of Jesus, and in that there is complete joy. In addition, we are headed home to him, and in that there is complete joy. So as you've heard us talking about, everything else is temporary, and it can be very difficult because the enemy is good at his job, and his job is to keep us
1: away from home. So it's interesting. The first time I've kind of thought about this in relation to your Vegas story is I lived in Las Vegas, as you know, for eight years, and that's really where I came to my fullest expression of my faith at that point in my life. And so it's kind of a bit of... When we're talking about counted all joy, finding joy through the struggle, I encountered a lot of struggle in Las Vegas in a place known for sin. And yet through that place, I drew closer to Christ.
2: Yeah. And plus, if you knew that all of that was going to lead you here. Right. And then you would have weathered that, that those storms with a totally different attitude because uh, hopefully now here you are. Uh, fulfilled in Christ and doing His work, and we're a team, and uh, it's amazing.
1: Well, and in that desert, which it is, that's where my my life was drier and barren, yet uh, as I walked through that struggle, I learned and drew closer to Christ, learned what He would do, trusted Him more, and that walked me to this place today.
2: Imagine if uh, Jews walking in the wilderness. Yeah. Had of decided they were going to camp and stop rather than continuing on. Oh my gosh, the I don't Land. even want
1: to imagine that. <laughs>
2: right. So, friends, uh, this is a very important conversation, and we know that things can be hard, but beneath that is this heart filling understanding that we are children of God, and we are His instruments on this earth, and because we know about Him. We're now responsible for doing something good with that knowledge. And it's not about us. I was talking to a friend about the fact that uh, sometimes I question the things that we see in church. And church has become this big, incredibly comfortable building with a light bill and all of this other stuff. And so sometimes the church, the building, the edifice, the man-made edifice, it doesn't deliver the hard truths that people need to hear. And sometimes it's so comfortable that people are happy in church and they're not out there in the world doing the mission of Christians. And so a church, the building of church should be an austere place where uh, Christian warriors come at the end of a mission and they hear their orders from the commanding officer and they're encouraged and reminded of uh, his love and we clean our weapons and we get a good meal and we make our plans for our next mission out there in the world. And if we don't uh, have a church that's so comfortable, then guess what? We're on the street where we should be.
1: It's an event venue these days.
2: Right. And so uh, I think there's a lot to consider about that because we can't confuse happiness with joy, nor can we confuse comfort with joy. True. So to help us with the distinction, I found these passages on the Compassion International website. And it said, the difference between joy and happiness lives in the mind and heart. Joy is a little word. Happiness is a bigger word. Joy is in the heart. Happiness is on the face. Joy is of the soul. Happiness is of the moment. Joy transcends. Happiness reacts. Joy embraces peace and contentment. Joy is a practice and a behavior. It's deliberate and intentional. Happiness comes and goes blithely along its way. Joy is profound and scriptural. Don't worry, rejoice. Happiness is a bomb. Don't worry, be happy. Joy is an inner feeling. Happiness is an outward expression. Joy endures hardship and trials and connects with meaning and purpose. A person pursues happiness, but not joy choose joy, practice joy, know joy, and live joy, feel happiness. So I think that's amazing, and I would like to uh, direct you to the Compassion International website where they're doing amazing things for uh, child poverty in the name of Jesus. And I think their their distinctions here are critical.
1: Yeah, I think so too. There's a lot of things to to. Pick up and think about, and I think the one, it's the last part choose joy, practice joy, know joy, and live joy.
2: Yeah. And you know, you've got to do it before you're in the fight. You got to have a plan because the enemy's got a plan. So as you're driving along, right, uh, let's say things are good, you're listening to the radio, think about the. The things we're saying here. Think about God's faithful love. Think about going home to heaven. Think about this journey as being a citizen of heaven and not uh, stopping and staying in a tent on the side of the road.
1: And maybe ask yourself, how can I choose joy in this moment?
2: That is a brilliant point. In this particular moment, not waiting for things to change, no other contingencies, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to think about Jesus, and then I'm going to try to walk that out through these circumstances.
1: And asking, I think sometimes asking the question actually puts you in that place versus, I need to do this. Okay, how can I... So then you're at choice yourself. How can I choose joy in this situation? Choose
2: joy. Friends, that's a truth. And that brings us to our moment of truth. As you know, in every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion, and we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge. Go first to Scripture. It's always relevant for every situation, and it never fails. And today our moment of truth comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and I absolutely love this verse. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And that's the joy that we're saying choose to think about. Amen. I believe it was Aristotle who said, you are what you do most often. And the reason why I love the scripture is because it says, quite simply, to think about the things of God most often. Whatever is true, whatever is noble— Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. It doesn't say that life isn't hard. It simply says to focus on the things of God. First we think about those things, then we do those things, and then we will be those things. You are what you do most often. We won't be perfect, but in that pursuit we will find joy. So whatever situations we tackle, whether something as huge as child poverty like Compassion International or something smaller, doing the things of God in a godly way will produce joy. Just do the next right thing. Knowing this, we can commit to any effort with faith in the power of righteousness and with the joy that we experience when we trust in God. It really is a choice. So let me recap what I heard in today's show. What God wants and what the world wants are opposite. For example, God says, be small. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5 says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The world says, you must be big, huge if possible. And when I look at the misery created by people who can't get over their need to be huge, I know what's right and pure and lovely and admirable and the truth. The truth is that the things God wants for us lead to joy. Not necessarily circumstantial happiness, but lasting peace, joy, and contentment. Do those things, and we'll have joy. It's also the truth that the things of this world lead to misery. Without a doubt, there's a struggle between the flesh and the spirit. For the most part, the flesh wants the world, and the spirit wants God. The ego is in the flesh. Jealousy is in the flesh. Lust is in the flesh. Greed is in the flesh. As such, if we want joy, we must strive to overcome the flesh as much as possible, and we must think about godly things as much as possible. I know it's hard, but we can trust God. So, Paul said this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11-13. through 13, I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, And I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And that is Courageous Christianity.
1: And that is one of my favorite verses.
2: And a lot of these verses that we've talked about today came from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Mm -hmm. So if you'd like to review that. And then also, Matthew chapter 5 talks a lot about uh, these concepts that we're saying, uh, the Beatitudes uh, from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And friends, uh, it's hard in the moment to focus on the unseen, and we get it. And the enemy's dedicated to tripping you up, and we get that. But we are victorious in Christ, in his love. And when we focus on leading each other home, Being shepherds, because when somebody's in a difficult situation, they become very reactive and they become a sheep, and wolves can prey on them. But when we have knowledge of the joy of Christ, and when we're reading his word, and when we are in a place of eternity as citizens of heaven and seeking to gather up as many as we can and walk them home in the truth of Christ, that's amazing.
1: And when we are asking ourselves, how can I find joy in this moment?
2: Absolutely. So, friends, thanks for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word, at KKHT.com or on CourageousChristianity.today, or your favorite podcast app, where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.